Isaiah chapter 2, Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, to begin the message uh, today, Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, I hope will be just kind of a New Year's message, and uh, verse 1, the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord. I want you to notice that last phrase as kind of a verse we can ponder this very first day of the new year 2023. Uh, If you don't know it, 2023 means A.D. or in the year of our Lord. And it's something that our whole calendar is based upon the uh, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Christmas divided time and half from B.C. to A.D., and uh, so every time we say, uh, what year is it, 2023, we are honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. And we uh, have a new year today, and I want to encourage you in verse 5, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Uh, what should we do this year? I just want to give you a little message, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Let us walk this year in the light of the Lord. Now this was written to... Uh, Israel to Judah, this is a millennial promise. You probably picked that up, some of you, as we were reading through it. It obviously states the last days in verse number 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days, and then there will be the rebuilding of the temple mount, Mount Moriah. Uh, It's talking about here, verse 2, that's where the uh, last temple was, which was destroyed in 70 A.D., but a new temple will be built there again, and it is described in detail in Ezekiel chapters 40 through 48. There's a lot of specifics about the building of that new temple uh, as a prophecy, and they are well on their way now, getting all of the stones ready and uh, so they can build it. These are exciting times. I want to encourage you to keep your eyes on Israel. Keep your eyes on Israel and what is going there and all the Jews who are flowing into it. Over 7 million are living there now, more than in any other part of the world, and they, they can't build housing fast enough uh, for the Jews to uh, uh, move back there into the settlements. And when it talks about that the mountain of the Lord's house, verse 2, shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. Uh, That's talking about almost like a 
uh, uh, when the new temple is rebuilt, this is in what's called the millennium. Now, if you want to know just a real quick course on prophecy, we are in the church age right now. Some people call it the age of grace, but I'd rather call it the church age. That is going to end at the rapture, and then there will never be another church on earth. There will be believers, there will be babes in Christ at best during the seven years of the tribulation period, and boy, they're going to have a tough time. But many of them will be discipled and become real champions for Christ. It's amazing what they will do. But the rapture is going to take place. The Lord's going to come to the clouds for His church, and everybody who's truly a born-again believer in Jesus Christ will be taken out, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. But that will begin a seven-year period of tribulation on earth described in Revelations 4 through Revelation 18. A time of tribulation like the world has never seen. How bad is it going to be? Well, for instance, in the first three and a half years of those seven years, one-fourth of the world's population will die. Now, there's about 8 billion people on earth today. I don't know how many will be raptured out, but if, if, if we use that number, 2 billion people will die in the next three to three and a half years. Now, if you think COVID was something with a million deaths over two years, and a lot of those were deaths with COVID, not deaths from COVID, if you know what I mean. One million is microscopic compared to two billion deaths in three and a half years. And that's just the first half. The second half is called the Great Tribulation. And you can read about that in Revelation 4 through 18. You could probably read it this afternoon. And if you do read it, you're going to come to the conclusion, I don't want to be here during that time. And you don't have to. You can be saved. And you can know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Even today, before you leave the church, you can accept the Lord as your Savior. And the Lord will come for you and take you out. He's going to take His bride out before the tribulation. Seven years. But at the end of the seven-year tribulation... Jesus Christ is going to come back to this earth the second time. Christmas was the first time. The second time his feet are going to touch at the Mount of Olives. And he is going to go through the eastern gate and sit in the temple and rule and reign from there for 1,000 years. That's why it's called the millennium. And it's going to be a kingdom of righteousness and peace. It's going to be so peaceful. Verse 4 says this. And they shall beat their swords, that's war instruments, into plowshares, that's farming instruments, and their spears, that's war instruments, into pruning hooks, that's farm instruments. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. The nations will still be here, that are here, after the tribulation. They have to restart, and they'll be repopulated. People will be getting married, and having kids and everything uh, during that time. The nations will grow for a thousand years, but there will never be a war between a nation again. By the way, that part of verse 4 right there is the verse that is portrayed in the UN building in New York City. They use that as their theme verse right there. uh, About nations shall not... Uh, they shall beat their swords into plowshares. That, if you go down to the UN building in New York City, you'll see that verse uh, posted there. That's wishful thinking for mankind. But when the Lord comes, things are going to be different. 
And so in the light of what's coming here, this millennial promise that Isaiah gives, and there's several others like Isaiah 11, Isaiah 65, there's others in the book of Isaiah about the wonderful millennial kingdom. It's going to be amazing. Oh man, look forward to that. And then heaven will be even sweeter. But he says, O house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord. In the light of that, let us come. Come to the Lord and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Now there's a good idea for 2023. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. We, uh, we want to walk, first of all. Walk means progress. That's what it means. The word walk in the Bible means progress. We want, we want to progress. We want to make progress. We want to be going forward. As, as Paul said to the church at Corinth, that you should be forward a year ago. Every one of us should be forward a year ago. And many times the Scripture uses the, the, the simple uh, illustration of walking uh, as a model, as a visual aid to teach us some spiritual truths. If you ever get the chance to pick up a Thompson Chain Reference Bible, it talks about over 4,000 different subjects already studied out for us. And uh, in, uh, in the, the notes in the back, these 4,000, it talks about our walk. And uh, it's got a section here on the, the Christian walk. Here's some of the phrases that we find in the Bible. Walk in newness of life. Walk by faith. Walk in the Spirit. Walk worthy of your vocation. Walk in love. Walk circumspectly. Walk even as He walked. These are phrases right out of Bible verses. It's a great study. But it also says this in 1 John 1, 7, walk in the light. Walk in the light. So it's both an Old Testament truth and a New Testament truth. And it is my invitation to you today, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This year, 2023, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Walking refers to progression. It means that you are going forward as an individual. Uh, I hope as 2022 is gone and gone forever, I hope you can say, you know, I made progress as an individual spiritually. I am spiritually farther down the road than I was when the year began. And uh, I hope we can say that as a church. I think last year was a good year. Uh, we had a good year, of course, the two previous years were COVID years, so anything was good after that. But I think a lot of ways we had some good things uh, happen here uh, at the church. And, uh, and, and several times through the year we had events, Day of the Vacation Bible School, where I and other people said, boy, that was like the old days. That was like the old days. We just had some wonderful, wonderful things. I hope you're progressing Every one of you, no matter what your age is, if you're young, if you're a teenager, young adult, or whatever, God wants you to progress spiritually. And He also wants us to progress as a church. I think Pastor Ben Shutt was really rejoicing in that this morning. Some of us went up for the early service at 9 
o'clock, and he was just, uh, he was just, I think, gushing over how well things went last year at the Countryside Baptist Church and the vision, and the people are excited uh, about this year to see what God is going to do. And I think we should be that way also. I think we're going to have a wonderful year. Of course, it's a transitional year, as uh, Pastor Barron will be installing him as our pastor in April, and I'm going to be helping him for uh, all I uh, I can do, and and, uh, I'll be doing a lot of preaching and teaching and counseling. I hope to go out soul winning and more visitation and things like that. But I want you to know this, that, that of all the churches, this is my first love. I hope you know that right here. Faith Bible Baptist Church is, is my first love. I, I love helping these other ones. And, and I kind of made my final break from the Hilltop Baptist Church uh, this week uh, as we are starting our own weekly prayer meeting here on Wednesday mornings at 9 if you can come. And I didn't get time to talk much about that, but we'll meet up here. Any of you men or women or boys or girls that come, we'll meet Wednesday. And I just want to go over a few things uh, as we try to launch a new uh, prayer meeting. And uh, they have had a successful one over there for 11 consecutive years. I've never been a part of a, a prayer meeting that has lasted that long on a weekly basis. And boy, I think we've seen God move, mountains move, prayers answered over those years. That was a blessing but I had to walk away from that this week so I could be here to, to start this prayer meeting here. And, uh, but I rejoice in, in Hilltop Baptist Church. I love them. And uh, I love Brightway Baptist and Countryside Baptist. But this is, this is where my heart is and remains. And I hope to be a member of the Faith Bible Baptist Church in good standing until I die. And my wife feels the same way. This is our church. We love you. And uh, we just uh, are so, uh, I don't know, it's been the honor of my life uh, to be the pastor here for 40 years. But Jesus is the light. He's the light of the, the world. And the Bible says here, let us walk in the light of the Lord. So I just want to say uh, uh, two things today. Simply, the Lord is light. The Lord is light. You don't have to look for light any farther than Jesus Christ. Don't try everything, and when that fails, well, maybe I'll try Him at the end of the life. No, you start with Jesus Christ. Start with the Lord Jesus Christ. He claimed to be the light of the world. Turn to the book of John. The book of John, chapter number 1. John's an amazing book. I've talked about that. In the book of John, Jesus makes 199 claims that no one else has ever made. Just in one book. Um, And one of those claims is, I am the light of the world. What a claim that would be. Can you imagine trying to make that or say that? I wouldn't. I'm the light of the world. You'd say, who are you? But there was something about Jesus' claims, 199 claims just in the Gospel of John that nobody else ever made. Now it starts by way of introduction. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. So the Word is Jesus Christ. 
And he was with God and he was God. Verse 14 says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so Jesus is God. Verse 3, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now notice verse 4, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. You and I are in darkness until we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior. He is the life. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. You're in darkness. I'm in darkness. I don't, if you, I don't know if you remember before you were saved, some of you, but I can remember those days being in darkness, even though I got saved when I was 12. I can remember times where I intentionally picked up the Bible and tried to understand the Bible before I was saved. And I might as well have been re- reading Chinese or something, or Greek or Hebrew. I had no idea what that said. But when I came to life in Jesus Christ as a 12-year-old boy, I found that that life was the light. All of a sudden, the lights came on, and I was able to understand the Scriptures and understand things about the God I didn't even know if He really existed or not. But Jesus Christ is the life. And the life was the light of men. You're not going to have the light until you have the life. Until you have eternal life. Until you've been born again. Until you've been saved. Until Jesus Christ comes into your life as your Savior. That's what we call eternal life. But when you have that life, one of the products of that life is then light. In him was life And the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness, that is, those who are not saved, comprehended it not. I mean, there's people out there that are lost right now who have no clue what happened to you. They have no clue. What in the world happened to him? What happened to her? And uh, they just know that you got saved, and... They heard about that, and all of a sudden you, you were different. But they can't comprehend uh, for a second what ha- the, the, the transaction that took place in you, that divine moment when you were born again, when you were saved. They can't comprehend it until they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Look at John 8. John chapter 8. Turn there to verse number 12. John 8 verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. All right, so here is Jesus is the light. We just went over that. He's the light of the world. Everybody on earth, uh, he is the light. In fact, I didn't read this, but I, I meant to. John 1 9. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. You know, there's 8 billion people on earth. Jesus Christ has given them a little bit of light, every one of them, to set them to seeking. And they can find. Seek the Lord and He shall be found. And we learn in the book of Revelation that at the end of time that there are going to be people in heaven from every kindred, every tribe, every people, and every nation. 
There are true believers in Jesus Christ in every single nation on earth today, 195 nations. And anybody that wants to seek the Lord anywhere on earth geographically can find the Lord. He is the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He is the light of the world. Again, I said Jesus made claims nobody else ever made. And that's one. He's the light of the world. Now, he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. I'll illustrate that in a moment. But shall have the light of life. Now it's flipped. First of all, we had life producing light. Now we have light producing life. When the light comes on, have you ever noticed in this physical world we live in, when the light comes on, life begins. I mean, when the sun comes up, the roosters start crowing. Uh, When the sun comes up, the birds start singing. Uh, When the sun comes up, the mothers start making breakfast. I suppose that's offensive to say that nowadays. Um... When the light comes up, dads start getting ready for work. Kids start getting ready for school. Uh, Laundry starts being done. And uh, people start getting dressed. People start going in their cars. The, 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 The roads become filled with cars. People going places and businesses start opening and and stores start opening and and schools start opening. Light produces life. And that's how it is with us spiritually. Uh, First of all, we we come to life in Jesus Christ, then He gives us light, and then the light He gives us produces more life. All of a sudden, you start doing things for God in that light you never did before. Light produces life. I mean, if it was dark all the time, you know, people would just stay in or something or not move or... Or, uh, but so we have life. We trust Christ as our Savior. That brings light into our life, and then that light brings life, activity, and we all of a sudden start having activity spiritually. Uh, we start reading the Word. We start praying. We start seeking God's face. We we start going to church and giving and witnessing and and serving with our gifts and callings. And and it's amazing what that little bit of light can lead a person to do in their life. It is amazing what some people have accomplished in their life dedicated to Christ because He gave them the light of life. Jesus is the light. Number one, the Lord is the light. Number two, the Lord has light. Now, this light is the Word of God. We... uh, my brothers and I went down into Howe's Cavern. Some of you have been there. Howe's Cavern. It's in New York. It's not too far away. It's something everyone should see sometime. They put you in an elevator and take you 156 feet down. Uh, and then they open up the door and let you out. And uh, they got lights down there and everything. And there's this river, that underground river, that you actually get on a boat and ride it for a quarter of a mile, and you walk forever. But um, when the uh, guide takes you there, eventually gets to the place where they say, look, we're going to turn the lights off for a few seconds. 
And uh, boy, they shut the lights off down in Howe's Cavern. And man, you literally cannot see your hand in front of you. You can't see a thing. Not, I mean, it, it is total blackness. But then they say, then they turn the lights back on and you can see again. And, you know, Jesus is the light of life. And we don't have to walk in darkness. The Bible says, in him is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So as you go into 2023, if you're looking for light, if you're looking for direction, if, you're, if you seem to be like aimless, and you say, I have no idea what my life is all about, I don't know what direction I'm going in, I don't even know if there's a God that exists, and some people get to that place, then I would encourage you today, come to Jesus Christ. Come, if He made the claim, I am the light of the world, at least... You know, at least give them the chance to prove that promise to be true in your life. And uh, you'll find it is true. And He will give you guidance. And He not only is the light, but He has the light. Now, to study Jesus, He's the light of the world. Do, do three things in your study of Jesus Christ. Number one, ask yourself, who is Jesus? Ask yourself. Don't let Pastor Cole tell you. Ask yourself, who is Jesus Christ? I mean, our calendar changes because of Him. That, that must, he must have been different. must have been something about Him uh, that we changed our calendar based on His birth. That, that, that should give every one of us cause to say, hey, at least I should give Him some consideration." If they did that. You Google his name and it says that he has 2.4 billion followers today on earth. Now we know they're not all born again, but there's 2.4 billion followers. Billion, not million, billion followers on Jesus, of Jesus Christ on earth. And he hasn't even been on the planet in 1900 years. Every thinking person should say, wait a minute, he hasn't been on our planet in 1900 years and there's 2.4 billion people who claim to be his followers today. I think I should give him some consideration. They changed the calendar based on him. 2.4 billion people are still following him and, and you search the internet and there's nobody else that ever comes close. <laughs> nobody even comes close. He did 37 miracles that we have specifics to, and then a whole bunch of others, so many that you can't count them. All the volumes of the books of the world can't, can't you know, record the things that Jesus did. Even Flavius Josephus said he was a man of wonders, if you can call him a man. The secular historian of his day. He made 199 claims just in the book of John nobody else ever made. He, he's either... He's either the Lord, every one of those is either true, or every one of them is false. There's no in-between. Every one of us should give him some consideration, just based on those things. Just based on those. And then he rose from the dead. 
His dead body was in a grave for three days and three nights, and then he rose from the dead. No one else has ever done that. And his resurrection is a fact of history. Now just those things I cited about Jesus Christ should make every one of us to stop everything and say, hey, I should start my consideration with him. Not end there after I tried all this new age stuff and blah, blah, blah. No, I should start with the one who said, I'm the light of the world. And the light was the life of man. You want light? You want life? Start with Jesus Christ. Now go to John 10. In verse 10, he says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But notice this, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. See, not only does he want to give you life, but he wants to give you this thing called abundant life, which is a, a word that's literally beyond measure. He says, I not only want to give you life, I want to give you an unexplainable life that's beyond measure. And some of you who have followed the Lord, you've come to Christ and you've followed the Lord, you're, you're already saying, I cannot believe the life that I am enjoying in Jesus Christ. Compared to what I once had or once was, how empty I was, how miserable I was, how aimless I was, and now it's all clear and I'm doing God's will, and I'm walking with the Lord. The Lord wants you this year in 2023 not only to have light and life, but He wants you to have an abundant life. I've said to people in my cards, I write a lot of cards, I say, I hope 2023 is the best year of your life, and there's no reason why it can't be. I'm not saying you're not going to have problems or troubles. But I'm saying there is a God who can't lie, who came to this earth and said, I I didn't just come that you might have life, but that you might have it more abundantly. So let us walk in the light of the Lord this year. I mean, who can make these offers? Who can match this offer to you that Jesus makes to us on January the 1st, 2023? Who can make an offer even close to this? Hey, you walk... Let us walk in the light of the Lord, and this year you'll have an abundant life, spiritual abundant life. Now in closing, turn to Psalm 119, and in closing doesn't always mean in closing, it's just something we say to give some people hope. Psalm 119.105 is probably a memory verse for some of you. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The offer at the beginning of the sermon was this. Let us, O come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. And so you study who Jesus is, study everything he ever did, And then third of all, everything he ever said. 
If you're going to walk in the light of the Lord, you've got to study, you got to, you got to make up your own mind. Who is He? I've made up my mind. He's Jehovah God in the flesh. I've made up my mind. He's Lord. He's called Lord Jesus 115 times in the New Testament. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. He's Lord. I know who He is. And then you study everything He ever did. Study His actions by reading the Gospels. Remember those bracelets people used to wear in the old days? WWJD. Remember those? Some of you remember that. They have these bracelets on with those four letters, WWJD. You know what that stood for? What would Jesus do? we got to study what He did. But then you also got to study what did He say. And frankly, the whole Bible should be in red letters. It's all the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you're going to walk in the light this year, you've got to be a man or a woman of the Word. You've got to be in the Word. Because He says right here in verse 105, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know, if you or I were down in Howe Cavern, and, uh, well, nowadays, not when we went there, but nowadays you got cell phones and they all got a light on them and everything. But if there was one guy down there who had one of these, just one, you know what I would say? I think I'll follow him. I wouldn't say, you know, I'm going to make it on my own. But those who don't read the Bible are those who are like saying, I'm just going to make it on my own. No, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, of course, they had the kind that you held with the handle, which only brightened up a few steps at a time. But that's all the Lord shows us anyways. It's the next few steps for our life, and He keeps leading us through life that way. But if somebody had a lamp down in Howe's Cavern, or even in the darkness of this world, I would say, I'm going to follow Him. I'm going to follow Him. And make progress with the Lord Jesus Christ. And try to to stay close to Him this year. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. I mean, if the Lord's walking and you're standing still, and He's taking His light with Him, where are you going to be pretty soon? You're going to be in darkness. You're saved, yeah, you're going to heaven, but you're, you're going to say, I, I don't know where I am, I got lost, I don't know what God wants me to do. I'm confused. shouldn't be that way. In Psalm 19, and uh, verse number 8, it says, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Enlightening the eyes. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. So I want to encourage you to walk, to know the Lord, walk with the Lord this year, and be in the Word of God, the Bible, the lamp. And God will show you, and you'll have an abundant life. Now, this is a time when many people uh, make resolutions. And I'll, I'll give you some advice on that. Uh, don't. Because you'll just discourage yourself again because you know you're not going to do it. You're going to fail just like last year. But 
Well, let me tell you something that works for me. Maybe it'll work for you. This really works if you'll do it. Make a resolution for one week. I'm telling you, this works. Whatever it might be, just say, God, help me. I want to pray every day this week. Because some people don't pray. You start out the new year and say, I'm going to pray all year. No, no. I want to read the Bible. God, help me to read the Bible every day this week. Make a resolution. One week at a time. I'm telling you, it helps. I'm going to walk a mile every day this week. I'm not going to snack before bed every day this week. And if you make it three, four days and then you fail a few, don't look at your failure. Look at the progress. We're talking about walking today. I, I, I made it four days. Then I read the Bible. Then I prayed. I'm going to go to church every time the doors are open this week. Don't say this year. And then next week, Sunday, do it again. And I'm telling you, that is how you, you progress. You walk. Uh, you, you make some... You accomplish things. You know, I'm going to... This will sound crazy, but instead of smoking ten cigarettes a day this week, I'm going to smoke five. Now that sounds crazy. Crazy, but I, I, I've seen that. I've counseled people that way. I've never had the problem. I know it's a, it's a tremendous addiction. But if you can cut back and just say, God, for a week, help me, you'll feel like you accomplished something by the end of the week. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I remember one guy, he was still smoking one a day when he died. But he used to smoke like two or three packs a day. And I said, brother, you're making progress. You're making progress. Good for you. I used to be his cheerleader. Lord, I'm going to cut back on my television watching every day this week. This week. Forget about the year. I'm going to lose weight this week. No, you just eat your plateful. When you feel about 80% full, stop. No seconds. Just stop. No snacks between meals or before bed. And uh, no sweets or cut down on the sweets. It works. It works. I, I, I knew a guy lost 100 pounds, kept it off for 20 years doing that. No seconds, no snacks, no sweets. And he didn't starve to death either. He didn't starve to death. But if you say, Lord, help me to do that for a week, forget about the year. God, help me this week. God's divided our life into weeks. Have you noticed that? Say, God, help me. I don't know what your resolutions are, but just make them for a week. I'm going to pray for a week. I'm going to pass out a track every day this week, and maybe you'll fail. But if you just say, God, help me to find somebody. And these are, these are, Ty Warden loves these things. We got them out here, all kinds of gospel tracks. I got a man. Uh, but uh, these are good. These are. I like to say, hey, can I give you a gift? And that's a cute little thing. 
People take them. And the Gospel's in there. And a good prayer to get saved, too. But anyways, this is how it's supposed to be. Then we'll have the Lord's Supper so the men can get ready. Proverbs 4.18 says, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Isn't that a precious promise? The Lord, if we work this right, the, the light, the, the path of the just is as, as the shining light that shineth more and more. We should be walking in more and more and more and more and more light all the time until the perfect day when the Lord comes. Not scratching our heads saying, what's going on? I know everything that's going on on earth. Not the details, but the prophecies. Because I've been in the Word. It's given light to me on this is why this is happening. Because Jesus said this was going to happen this way. And many of you know that too. I know you're not getting phased by the news and rattled. You just say, yeah, that's what Jesus said was going to happen. So, All right, now the Lord's Supper will take before we go home today. I appreciate you coming, listening. I hope that you will say, man, I want to walk in the light of the Lord. I want to walk in the light of the Lord this year. And I want to walk in the light of His Word. And the path of the just will go brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes. The Lord's Supper is a time of self-examination. In fact, the Lord's Supper actually tells us that before we partake of it, in 1 Corinthians 11.28 says, But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. And then it goes on to say, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Boy, that's good news. If we just said, Lord, I'm judging myself. I'm wrong about this or that. Forgive me. Confess that. Come clean before God. Then we're not judged. But if we don't, when we're judged, we're chastened to the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. That's actually some good news. We're chastened, not condemned. Amen. But as the uh, music plays, let's just take a few moments now. All of us bow our heads, our hearts before God. Do a time of self-examination. And while Christians are praying, just ignore me. You just pray to God. But if you're here today and you're not in the light, because you're not in the life, you need to be in the life. The life will give you light, and then the light will give you more life. Do you have eternal life? Do you know for sure? Or do you just hope so? The Lord said, I wrote these things that you might know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. That's where it starts. Life comes from believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you've never done that, then right where you're sitting, would you just talk to the Lord about it, either in your own words or I'll help you. And just believe Jesus is the Lord. And God Himself came to this earth so that eventually He could die upon the cross for our sins as our substitute, as a sacrifice, and shed His blood 
to wash away our sins. Would you let him come into your heart today and be your Savior, believing that? In repentance of sin and faith toward God, where you're sitting, would you pray to the Lord quietly and just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I am sorry for my sins. I thank you that your Son, Jesus Christ, came to take my place and to die upon the cross for me. Lord Jesus, I do believe in you with all my heart. Have mercy on me today and save me. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart right now and be my Savior. Give me the gift of eternal life. Only God can see your heart, but if I could see your hand, would you just raise your hand real quickly up in the air and say, God knows my heart today. I've asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into my life and be my Savior right now, and I meant it. God knows I meant it. Would you just raise your hand up real quick and take it down and say, God knows my heart. Yes, God bless you and you. God bless you. Amen. Anyone else? Praise the Lord. That would be the good, best first day of the year of your life. Anyone else? Father, we thank you now. We pray that you'd bless the Lord's Supper as we receive it in remember of Christ crucified, your Son who died for us on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask the men to come at this time and begin to distribute the bread. This is a memorial that represents the body of Jesus Christ that was broken for us. And He gave His life for us on the cross.